Hi, this is Pastor Andrew here at Oak Ridge Baptist Church in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can check us out online at www.orbcnet.com. Better yet, come by and visit us at the corner of Wurzbach and Vance Jackson in northwest San Antonio. I feel privileged to be able to stand up here and bring God's word to you today. First thing I want to do is I want to say, wasn't it great to have our praise team back? Thank you. They bring so much to our services. They bring so much to our experience here. And it's one of those things we don't really know how much we would miss them until they're actually out. And boy, did we miss you guys. But I want to start out by saying, whoo, what a year was 2020. I'm 64 years old, and I can't remember a year that caused me so much to be anxious, to be concerned. We had so many things happen in that time frame. Let's just review a little bit. How much racial unrest did we have? How much civil disobedience did we have? There was rioting. There was looting. We saw it everywhere. I still watch the news. I'm a dinosaur. I admit it. But you could see it everywhere. And then if that wasn't bad enough, we have two political parties that wanted to divide our entire whole nation. All they could do instead of trying to figure out a way to work together, they want to stand and point their finger at you. You're the one that's wrong. And then on top of all of those things, just for grins and yucks, let's have a pandemic. A health crisis around the world that today we are still feeling the effects of. I mean, if you think about all of the things of that, who would not be afraid? I was. I'm not suggesting that we should throw caution to the wind. We need to continue to stay safe. We need to continue to socially distance. We need to continually to wear a face covering. And when I was asked to bring a message today, I called in some reinforcements. Of course, my lovely wife, Joy, when I told her that Andrew had asked me to bring the message today, she said, what? As I would expect her to. And then I also wasn't going to let Andrew have the entire week off. So I put together my thoughts and put an outline together and sent it to him and made him grade me. He grades me like Linda Smith would have graded me. Only he gave me a little smiley face. But then I called in the biggest reinforcement. That's my second mom, Joy's mother. Vicki is an amazing, amazing woman. She is so amazing that I believe, I've never seen it because I've never been able to go into the inner area where, where her room is, but I believe she has a bat phone that goes directly to God's desk. 
But I ask her to help me. So let's unpack what the scripture says about some of the strife, some of the anxiousness that we go through. When the Jews were uh, freed from bondage in Egypt, they wandered around for 40 years. Moses wandered around for 40 years before they could go into the land of Canaan. <coughs> and before they could go in, God took Moses up on Mount Ararat and said, there it is, but you don't get to go. And then God turned and gave the leadership of the Israeli people, of the Jewish nation at that time, which is estimated from what I've been able to study somewhere around a million people. He said, you're going to be in charge. So Joshua has always been one of my favorite uh, people in the Bible. Because he had to shepherd in a million people into a new land, a new country, defeat all kinds of uh, folks that, are, are, that were already inhabited in that. But God gave him that land. Now, how many in here, folks in here have got kids? Grandkids? Aunts, uncles? Sometimes somebody you take care of a little kid? Have you ever had the experience of trying to help train them or explain something to them and then several minutes later they have to explain it to them again and again and again. So this verse speaks to me because it's Joshua talking to the leadership of the Jewish nation. This is the uh, Joshua very first chapter in the ninth verse. It says, have I not commanded you? How many times as adults have we talked to our kids? Haven't I said no? Didn't I say stop that? Joshua is saying to the leadership of the Jewish nation, have I not commanded you? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then they were able to go from that point, and they were able to take over the land of Canaan. They had to fight a number of different indigenous peoples that lived there. But God delivered them every time because God had already told them that this is the land that I'm going to give to you. So even when they came upon superior numbers of forces, even when they became, came upon people that knew the, pro, or knew the land better than them, it was okay because God had ordained them to get that. So my question is, when we're afraid, when we're discouraged, when we're dismayed, what has God commanded us? Do not be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. It's okay. I'm with you. I got you. Fast forward a little bit, and we're going to go talk about King David. Now, after the Jewish nation had come together for several hundred years, they became a very powerful nation. They had taken over all of this land, and King David was one of the greatest kings to the Jewish people. We've all read the ex, uh, uh, how he was uh, 
built, he didn't build the temple, uh, Solomon did, but how <coughs> he became very powerful and how he became, brought all the nations of, of Israel together. How he had a great place to live in. But let's think back before David got to that point. Didn't he have a few troubles of his own? Because I, I'm sorry, I, I, I think there was this king named Saul that didn't like him very much. Right? Matter of fact, Saul disliked him so much, he sent people out to kill him. Now, if I knew that the most powerful person walking on the face of the earth wanted to have me killed, I'm scared. Raising my hand, I'm scared. So David had some issues too, didn't he? But yet God used David and took him and he went on to become one of, if not the greatest king in the Jewish people history. But in Psalms, Psalm 51, chapter 10, David says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, God's in the renovation business. He takes what's old and broken and transforms it into something incredible. So if you've got an area of your life that needs some renewal, he's more than ready to meet you where you are. In these times where, the, where, where we don't really know what's going to happen from this week to next week or this month to next month, I think we could all use the help on a renewal every now and then, wouldn't you? See, all through the Bible, you know, I've used a couple of, of passages in the Old Testament. I'm going to use one more Old Testament passage. It's going to be Isaiah 41.10. But we see that there's a pattern. We see that there is something moving that God, when we let him take control and we let God have our, have our uh, circumstances, that God can fix it. Even in today's times, even as in, 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 technologically advanced as what the, the, the world is today, we have to remember God's still in charge. even as overwhelmed as what we can feel today, God is still in charge. Isaiah was one of the great prophets. And Isaiah would try and try and try. And if you ever read the book of Isaiah or, or, or if you haven't read it in a while, go back and look at it again because he absolutely pleaded with the Jewish people. Listen to me. Now they didn't really listen to him, but he tried. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Are we missing the point? 
Doesn't God get tired? Doesn't God get afraid? Are Old Testament scriptures, Old Testament folks in the scriptures, are they any more hardy than we are today? I don't think so. Because if we look back at what all the Old Testament folks had to deal with, they had to deal with some of the same things that we're dealing with today. They had corrupt people that were in power that were causing division. How many times have we read in the Bible about a plague? An illness? Pandemic? This isn't new what's happening today. How we deal with it is different. But this has been going on since the Old Testament times, 2,000 plus years ago. So let me ask you again, are the old people that lived during the Old Testament times, are they stronger than us? You know why they're not? Because we serve the same God. Today, 2021, we serve the same God that was there during David's time on earth. That was there during Joshua's time on earth. That was there during Isaiah's time on earth. So as a Christian, should we be afraid? I submit that sometimes you just have to be afraid. You know, there are times as humans, you know, if somebody was to come up here and throw a gigantic spider up here on this stage, I can show you afraid. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, I can show you afraid. But as far as our circumstances of our life, there are times that we become overwhelmed, and that's understandable. Sometimes we are given things to us that we have to deal with that we're not either A, prepared for, or B, necessarily want to mess with. That's okay. Because we are fortunate today because we serve a mighty God. I don't know how many times I can say that I have had a circumstance come about that frustrated me, that caused me anguish, that I was trying to figure out how do I deal with this? You know, how do I fix this? And then I get one of those little Holy Spirit bumps in the back of your head. Y'all ever had one of those? Sometimes mine uses a two by four. So turn it over to God. Give it to God. Let go and let God. And when I do, ding, peace comes over me. I understand. I don't always understand, but I can accept. How's that? It's because I serve a mighty, mighty God. Now that we've talked a little bit about the Old Testament scriptures, Look at a couple of New Testament scriptures. First one is one that we all are pretty familiar with. But let's think about, this one that comes from the book of Philippians. So 
This is from Paul. Now, we all know the story of Paul. He started out as Saul. He persecuted Christians. He was there at Stephen's murder. He was happy about it. He went on to persecute Christians from town to town to town to town. Christians everywhere were afraid of him. He was kind of like that town bully. You know, he's walking down the street like this. Everybody else goes across the street so they don't have to be on the same side of the street as him. Because they just don't want to have any problems. That was Saul. Then he went on the road to Damascus. Met Jesus. Now, when he met Jesus, things happened to him that fortunately you and I will never have to experience. Jesus asked me, he said, why do you persecute me? So I was like, who are you? And when he came to understand that Jesus was the son of God, that Jesus was the savior of all people, he instantly converted. But he was blind. So he had to stumble into Damascus for three days, being blind, but he prayed all three days. God sent someone to talk to him, restored his eyesight, and I would venture to say that Paul from that point on became the most fervent human being ever in the cause of telling people about Jesus Christ. And God used him, the pursuer of Jews, the pursuer of his people, his chosen people. And God used him to bring the news of salvation to the Gentiles. Now think about it, Paul hadn't been there. But you know, God had this plan and God knew what he wanted to do and he knew he was going to have to bring the word to the Gentiles. So he just picked out some guy. <coughs> it's not because Paul was qualified because as Saul, he certainly was not. Just like I know I wasn't qualified to bring the message to you today. But praise the Lord, God didn't call the qualified, he qualified the called. He qualified Paul to bring the message to the Gentiles. Now Paul didn't leave out the Jews, he always went to the, ta to the uh, tabernacle first, to the synagogue first, and talked to the Jews there, but when they all got tired of hearing about him, he said, fine, I'm going to talk to these guys. Paul didn't care who he talked to. But as we have read throughout the New Testament, did that not cause Paul some problems? Wasn't Paul verbally abused by the elders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees? I think he was a little physically abused from time to time. Paul put in jail? Was he beaten? 
Was he stoned? Think about that for a minute. That was one of the most violent ways that they could discipline and kill somebody. Paul said, I'll do it. Do you think Paul might have been afraid? Do you think Paul might have had a few days or a few hours or a few moments where he would have said, you know, you really want me to do this? Praise the Lord he did because that allowed all of us to hear that same story. But do you think Paul was afraid? Rightfully afraid? I do. So in the book of Philippians, in the fourth chapter, 13th verse says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now think about that verse for just a second. It doesn't say I can do a few things over here. It doesn't say I can do a few more things over here doesn't even say I can do most everything. What does that verse say? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So when we're afraid, when we're in this situation, when we're in the time like we are in today where we can become overwhelmed and we become nervous and we become afraid, If we think about that verse, doesn't that verse tell me that the God we serve is a mighty, mighty God? We've all had a circumstance, especially with this pandemic, where we've had loved ones, people that we care about, people that are near and dear to us have been affected by this pandemic. Be, we all know somebody that has either had it, has suffered from it, or has been exposed to it. They've had to quarantine and stay away from people that they love, that they want to be with. Nope, two weeks, stay over there. I'm going to be in a garage. Nobody wants to go through that. But would that not be normal for us as human beings to say, this stinks? But as Christians, we can at least say, this stinks, but you know what? I still serve a powerful God. God will bring me through this. God will bring us through this. But we have to let him. You know, God's not going to come down. Now, he does send the Holy Spirit. Thank gosh. And my Holy Spirit, like I said, taps me on the back of the head, straightens me out every now and again. But we need to allow that Holy Spirit to work. We need to allow that Holy Spirit to speak to us. We need to allow that Holy Spirit to bring to us what God would have us to understand. 
Do we always do that? Realistically, do we? I know there's a lot of times in the past with me, I will use myself as an example, that I'll go to God in prayer and I'll say, God, I, we need to do this. I need to get this done. And I think this is exactly how we should go about it. And I'll give him step-by-step-by-step instructions. Because I can't get out of my own way. And I don't think I'm the only one. The last verse I'm going to read today is out of the book of Galatians. It comes in the fourth chapter, and it'll be Galatians 4, chapter 4 through 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child... God has made you also an heir. Now, Joyce family lives out in San Angelo. In San Angelo, there's a great Baptist church called Glen Meadows Baptist Church. If you ever have an opportunity, you can see their sermons online. Um, Or if you ever happen to be out in that area on a Sunday, I highly encourage you to go to Glen Meadows. Pastor there is uh, Pastor Mac Roller. And he's next to things I'm going to tell you I have taken from Pastor Mac's uh, sermon from last week, but I think they're very, very applicable to what we're talking about today. Referring back to that, that uh, scripture in Galatians, think about this. We are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters of God. We were slaves before. We were slaves to sin. We, all of us in this room, at one time, were a slave to sin. But as Pastor Max says, but now we are sons and daughters of God. How freeing is that? How uplifting is that? If the almighty God that we serve, that we've seen through the Old Testament and through the New Testament and all the miracles that we've seen and heard about, how about this one? Y'all remember this thing? It's called the Red Sea. God just said here. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we are sons and daughters of. Pastor Mac also said, The Holy Spirit spreads in us like pouring water on a countertop. Now think about that. If we allow, God will send the Holy Spirit, the third part of the triune God, that part that lives in us, that part that uses a two-by-four on me once in a while, he will spread in us like pouring water on a countertop. Will you let him? 
Will you let that Holy Spirit come and fill you up and do his deal? So that he can take our place when that fear overcomes us, when that worry overcomes us. Is the Holy Spirit not the one that we can turn to to help us get past that fear? If we think back to all the trials of the Old Testament Jewish people and consider how did they survive? How did they prosper? How did they make it? Were their trials any less significant than our trials today? Sure, they're different. Technology's changed. But the answer is not the different, is no different. Now fast forward to the beginning of the 20th century. What have we seen since the beginning of the 20th century? How many illnesses have we seen? 1918, there was a flu that was as deadly, if not more deadly, than what we're facing today. How many people remember Ebola? How many people remember SARS? I mean, all through history, <coughs> we have had pandemics of some kind. Now, here's a question. Have we survived those pandemics? We have. Was it easy? No. But the Old Testament people survived all of their pandemics, and we've survived all of our pandemics. Why should we not think that we're going to survive this one? What about the financial collapse of the United States? I wasn't alive during the Depression. My parents were. But just think about the entire financial structure of the United States collapsed. Joblessness was worse than it is today. The money that you held in your pocket was worthless. There were no prospects to go out and earn a living. Would that cause anybody to be afraid? Yeah. But the God that we serve today survived them. And he helped them to survive then. Everything that we have gone through, even in this time, even though we're beginning a new decade, for 2,000 plus years, we have survived. Now, the one great blessing that we as Christians have is that God sent to us the Holy Spirit. Now think about what the Old Testament people had to go through. They had to go through so many trials, so many tribulations. They had to go through so many things, and they did not have the Holy Spirit. But when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, when Jesus rose from the dead three days later and was talking to his apostles, he said, I will send one to you. Guess what? He's been here ever since. 
Hallelujah, huh? And we have that available, that same Holy Spirit, that same person, that same entity that can help us as much today as he helped the apostles back then. The one great blessing as Christians is sent the Holy Spirit to guide us through these times. As Christians, we have been instructed from Old Testament times to today to give these troubles to God and ask for peace and deliverance from them. God has guided his people for all eternity and he will continue to guide us today if we let him. The Holy Spirit's always been here. God has always said, let me send this person to you to help you. Can we get out of our own way? Sometimes I have a really hard time doing that. One thing that a lot of us do, or I, I make my annual wish list, or make resolutions. We resolve to do things better in the upcoming year, but let's think about this. This year, let us resolve to love each other lavishly as he loves us. Let us give to our church lavishly as he gives to us. Serve each other lavishly as he served those around him. Read his word daily. We could change our homes if we did this, our work if we did this, our church, if we did this, and we could change ourselves. The Jews always thought the coming king was going to be a mighty warrior, hero kind of thing. But you know what God did? He sent his son to save us from us. Jesus is the answer to all of these questions. Are you afraid? You bet. Should you be afraid? Understandable. Do we have a way that we cannot be afraid and we can continue to serve our God? You bet. His name is Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. And if you believe that you need to have some relief. If you believe that you need to have the opportunity <clears throat> to have that Holy Spirit come and be with you, to help guide you through these difficult times. Let's just remember that God has done this from the Old Testament times to January 3rd, 2021. And he's not stopping today. If you feel you need some rest, if you need to stop being afraid, if you need to have peace, come on. I'll pray with you. One of the other deacons will pray with you. If you're looking to start over, if you're looking to begin a new, new year, let's start over. Come up, we'll pray for you. If you're looking for a church home, somewhere where you can hear the word of God spoken to you. We're here. Come up, we'll pray for you. Mike.
Thanks for listening to this sermon, part of the teaching ministry at Oak Ridge Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about Oak Ridge, you can go to www.orbcnet.com.